don't mention this to your mom at all, you get 20 bucks each. It's said often in our house, man. It's said often. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Hey, man, how many dads we got in the house right now? Raise your hand. Dads, come on, dads. Give it up for our dads. Happy Father's Day. Love you guys, man. Play a huge, super important role. So today we're talking about what it looks like to be like an everyday hero. Because I think for a lot of us, like if we really had to be honest, like it would feel great, man, to like, can you imagine if like when you came in the house, you had that theme music, right? An explosion went off. You're like, where's dinner, baby? What's going on? I don't know how well this would actually work, but, but, but there's a part of us in our hearts as dads, as men, uh, where we want to be the everyday hero. We want to be the one that really, just like watching action movies, I don't know if you're like an action movie junkie like I am, but I love like the James Bond moments, man, where like bullets are grazing by him and things are exploding. Somehow mid-fight, he kisses a beautiful woman and then he gets back to the fight, you know, and this is crazy, right? And then like after 178,000 bullets go by him, explosions, he pulls it out and he's like, boom, and like everything explodes and it's done. He walks away and he's got like a three-piece suit on the whole time, you know. I'm like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I want to do that, you know? And uh, I, I'm, I really, I just, I'm like, what is it about that? And there's a part of us, I think, honestly, today that we're going to talk about for all of us. There's something the way God hardwired us dads, really men, uh, that that wants to come alive and kind of get us moving in that direction uh, is a movie clip. I don't know if Again, you love movies, but I do. And there's one from a franchise called Fast and Furious. Uh, and this, it's really, it's over the top. It's out of control. But if you were able to do it, you probably would. So uh, watch this. Larry! I, uh, I had to, isn't that great? And Diesel, I had to rescue Maria like that one time. That was like, <laughs> the best part of the clip at the end, we didn't see it. He's like, are you okay? I got, like her real response to her life would have been like, no, I think my femur's broken. I have a punctured lung. <laughs> I think things aren't going well. Well, there's something about us that we want to be that hero. Like there's a part of us as dads. I know it seems so ridiculous, but they capture our hearts because in, in, like, when we're watching those movies, be, like, be honest. You want to do that, don't you? You want to be that guy and pull that off and walk away and scathe and do that. And there's, it's okay. I just want to affirm that today. That's okay. Because I, I want to tell you, too, today as we talk a little bit that this isn't like a man-up message or pull yourself up by your bootstraps. It's, it's not that at all. We're hoping today that there's something inside of us that I feel like has maybe gone dormant in men. And dads, it, it, it's kind of like, for whatever reason, it shut down from boyhood, from boyhood to manhood. I don't know what took place, but we, we kind of pocketed it away and we got rid of it. And we said, no more, that's not for me. And I, I really think there's something in you that's longing. There's something in me. There's something in us that's longing actually to be that everyday hero. And so we're going to kind of talk through that today. And, um, and to do that, we're going to go through it. Have you ever read Wild at Heart? 
If you haven't read that book, it's really great. If you haven't, it's an incredible read. And uh, John Eldridge, the author, and his wife, Stasi Eldridge, they, they're incredible authors, communicators, and they speak into the lives of marriages and families uh, on a weekly, monthly basis, and really great people. And they really feel like they've not just cracked the code, but they've discovered a lost art of what it means, honestly, to, to be a dad and, and, and to kind of like, you know, go after it. And so there's a tagline we're going to use today, and we're going to kind of walk through it together and break it up. But it says this, it says, God calls all of us to a battle to fight, a beauty to live for, and an adventure to go on. And these are really from Eldridge's book, and we kind of modified the points a little bit, but I really think it's true. And the first one is this, a battle to fight. I don't know what it is about us as guys, but there's something inside of us that uh, that just feels like this bravado or this strength where we want to want to fight. I, I mean, you see it in our cultures, like polluted with it, whether it be for UFC or like watching the football game. Fellows, how many are your sports nuts in here? Raise your hand, right? And, um, and, and, and you're watching, <laughs> some of you did like a half raise because it's obviously pointing attention for you, but I see you. Okay. Uh, and anyhow, and, and, and like something goes wrong in the field and you're like ready to rip the TV off. Have you ever been there, right? And you want to jump in the game and you're like, if, if they could only, if I was in there, I'm like, by the way, FYI, if you were in there, you'd probably get killed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on the football field for all of us included here, right? But there's something about us that wants to jump in and, and to get us moving that way, David uh, in 1 Samuel it's interesting, his life, he was a poet, he was a father, right? On Dad's Day, he was this incredible person. But before any of that began in his life, he actually stepped place on a battlefield. It's really where the beginning of his story, a lot of his backstory is incredible, but this seems to be what launched him or propelled him into his main story. And so it says this, And David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the trench as the host was going forth to the fight and shouted for the battle. David yells, he sees this thing. Many of you have heard the story. If you haven't, there's a story of David and he ends up fighting this giant, legit giant, Goliath. And there's these two sides in this valley. And there's the Philistines, the enemy, and then their opponents, Israelites that David's part of. And he shows up on this battlefield and he, and he, and he starts shouting, he, just, he, he does what we do when we're watching football. Come on! Yeah! He's excited. He's just shouting and he's going crazy. And, and the next scripture is so beautiful that it kind of captures the second part of his story and says this. It says, now what have I done, said David. His, his brothers are like, what are you doing here? Why are you here to battle? Who do you think you are? You're not a fighter. You're not a warrior. That's not who you are. You know, that's, and it's funny, and I actually think a lot of it is, it's, it's really reflective of our culture. Our culture, in a lot of ways, has said, Dad, you're not a warrior, you're not a fighter, you don't deserve to battle, like, that's not who you are, right? And he says this, is there not a cause? David says, wait a minute. He says, I, I may not be the greatest warrior, I've never even fought a battle, but there's something in my heart that's, it's awakening, it's been ignited. It's like almost like the, the keys, the ignition were turned on for him in that moment. And he saw this battle. He said, there's a cause here. He said, these people are trying to hurt us. And here we are. And a lot of us are caught in fear. And he says, but, but man, this battle, it, it's unfolding in my, my heart. And I've I got to do something about it. And I think for us, it's, it's so obvious that for guys, we're kind of hardwired that way. Did you know that actually in God's heart, and we're reading from Exodus 15, 3, he says the same is true of God. God is love, like John says, and God is a lot of things, but he's this too. It says this, it says, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. 
It's amazing to stop and think that God's like, in my heart of hearts, I'm a warrior too. He's like, I, I, I want to battle too. I want to fight too. I want to step into it with you guys. And, and it's interesting for boys. Like, I, I don't know if fellas, you ever do this when you're with your kids? But for me, I have three boys, so it's always a little chaotic. For my poor wife, it's like testosterone city at her house, you know, and we outnumber her a lot. But sometimes in the car, uh, my oldest one's here, we roll the windows down and we do this thing called windstorm. We, we pretend we're in a hurricane. Why not, you know? And so we roll down the windows in my Jeep living room. We're like, windstorm. And we're just going crazy and the windows are down. And we're like, ah. And I remember one time we are doing that and we looked over and everyone's like, ah, it's crazy, you know. And I look over at Maria and she's like, I'm like, no, no windstorm today, you know, <laughs> like didn't really go over well, you know, I, I was just texting with a few guys asking like, have you ever had just like crazy moments with your kids, you know, like where you're just, you're battling, you're, in, you're into it, you know, and, and one guy texted back, he said, yeah, Jay Richardson said, yeah, my, my little boy David, when he was five, had a pinata at his birthday party, right, and, uh, and so we're there, and he said, so we're just like, you know, he's swinging and he's missing, doesn't that frustrate you dads? <laughs> well, that's that, do you want to get him with a bat and see you boom, and do that, you know, uh, that makes you look weird though, with a bunch of five-year-olds, so anyhow, but Jay steps up, gets around David, and he swings with everything he can. He swings away and he throws David and the stick as he's swinging. David goes launching off, misses the pinata, starts crying, man. Crazy. Ryan Coral, that was just up here, our host, was saying this one time. He's big into videography and things like that. Does an incredible job of that stuff. Got a company there. Uh, and he captured his one and a half year old uh, doing the same, sledding, I think. And so he takes off down the hill and he pushes him and he grabs the thing. Next thing you know, his little boy, he's only a year and a half captures us all on tape, flies off the sled, busts his face up, bleeding everywhere. Andrea's super mad at him. He had to destroy the footage. <laughs> There's something about us that wants to battle. But I want to, like, pause in this moment. I think for us and our culture, we got to look through it through two lenses. What does it mean to be a warrior and step into the battle in our culture? And what does it mean to be a warrior through the lens of Christ? And they're really different. In our culture... I think what's happened a lot, and some of us are guilty of this, for men, we see what is the picture that's painted for us, is one where we take our bravado, we take our strength, we take this desire to battle, and we bring it into a space of like sexuality, for example, and we say, we're, we're male, we're, we're dominant, we're going to go on a conquest, we're going to conquer, and we think that's this pathway for us. And it leaves rubble in our past, and like whatever, and it's destroyed relationships and people and hurt. Think about superiority. Think about it in the workplace. Think about males that dominate in the workplace and, they're, and they do their, think about this, do you ever do that at home? You use your strength and you use the power to battle and you do this in your home and this is not the way of Christ. And we do this in a way too that's self-serving. Often the warrior in our culture looks through and he's like, how can I serve myself? How can I bring more to myself? And this is the opposite of Jesus. See, Jesus is sitting there, it's different. It's the spirit of a warrior in us that we need to fulfill, but it's not self-serving. It's the opposite. Let me put it this way. It really, the warrior in Christ, it steps up to the battlefield like David did, and it says two questions. How can I serve you, and how can I help you succeed? Can, can, I, ask, can I ask the wives a question right now? Okay. What if your husband came home, okay, and he, and he walked through the door, and there's no explosions, guys, sorry, nothing like that at all, unless you've got, like, potty training going on or something at home, you know. But, and you walk in there, and, and, and you say to your wife, babe, how can I serve you, and how can I help you succeed? <laughs> Come on, wife, so how would you feel about that? What would you say after you were done laughing because you thought maybe something was going wrong? Would you love it? When you, admit it, say something, talk to me. Come on. Yeah, you love it. 
By the way, if you clap and cheer for him when he walks to the room, he might actually say that too, you know? So, but there's this part where, where we do this. And it's like, guys, I'm telling you, you want to change your marriage and your home and your families. You walk up and you say, how can I serve you? And how can I help you succeed? David walked up in the battlefield and he said, how can I serve my country? How can I serve my family? How can I do this? And how can I help us succeed? How can I help us do this? See, this is true leadership, by the way. True leadership, a true warrior, the way of the warrior is one that says, how can I serve you? How can I help you succeed? We'll say, well, where do I start? You show up. You just show up. You say, showing up, that's step one, showing up. Showing up and being present. Showing up and being fully engaged. Showing up and your full self is there. David stepped into that moment and said, he's shouting for the battle. It's obvious he's excited about it, right? He steps in. He says, there's a cause. This is incredible. Can you imagine when you walk home and you're like, I love my family. How can I serve you? How can I help you succeed? Your family might think you're losing your mind, but I'm telling you, everything would begin to change. When, when a father shows up, when a dad simply shows up for the first time and he shows up, everything begins to change. I want you to watch this video uh, that was captured by NBC just a few years back, but it really has captured the hearts of literally millions of people and it captured my heart again just by a dad stepping into a place and showing up. I want you to watch this. What you're about to see now was a surprise for a little boy whose dad has been in Iraq. The scene is a small town in northwest Washington state. U.S. Navy Ensign Bill Hawes, who spent the past seven months deployed to Iraq, decided to surprise his six-year-old son John at school. John didn't know it till he laid eyes on his dad. It took young John a long time to stop crying, but when he did, he mustered the courage to introduce his dad to his classmates, who had all written him letters while he was deployed. It's tough to take, but welcome home. We're back with more right after this. I uh, feel like I'm the most emotional guy in the room here. <laughs> I've seen him like several times, and I keep... Again, choked up on I watch as a dad just steps in and it changes. Get dads. There is something powerful and magical and beautiful that God has created you to be. And part of it is stepping into the battle. And the first battlefield for you, it may not look like what it looked like for David, but the same spirit is inside of you that God's put there. The same challenge of asking is there a cause is there. It really is. And as you show up, you begin to revolutionize and change the heart of your wife. You change the heart of your sons and your daughters. You begin to even permeate its way out, change the way of the community too by showing up. I think it's amazing just showing up like that is a big deal. I looked at my son, Caleb, and, uh, 
he always worries, like, what are you going to say, Dad? And I promise, nothing to embarrass you. But I remember he was new to the school, and uh, just meeting people, and they had a field trip at Greenfield Village. Remember that, bud? And uh, we went there, and he didn't know anybody. And so Maria was on me. She's like, hey, show up. You got you to gotta be part of this field trip, you know? And I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm busy. Have you ever been there, Dad? You're like, I can't do that. I'm, I'm too busy, it's, you know? And, and you're not, it's not that you don't want to be there, but you just got other priorities. And, and, and Maria was really adamant, no, you need to be there with him. And and sure enough, we got there, and, and uh, we show up, and we're, and we're there, and, you know, and there's these groups of kids that knew each other, and these groups of kids, and Caleb really didn't know anybody at the time, and he was learning to get to know people, and there was nobody in his group at the moment, and I remember you and I just, like, we were there together, and I want to tell you, bud, I had the greatest, one of the greatest days of my life. He's not saying anything, maybe he didn't, <laughs> but I, I did. <laughs> And I just felt like in that moment, I know it sounds crazy, but I want to say this out loud because I love you. Like, I'll show up for you, bud. I love you so much. And like, I was there, and we took pictures by the statues, and we were hanging out, and we just, and just showed up. I mean, that's all we did. I just showed up. And your wisdom, babe, was so true, just showing up and making an impact. Different. And for some of you, it's hard. You're like, everyday dads can be everyday heroes. You don't have to be in an actual battlefield. Uh, let me show you a couple of pictures. I don't know if you're like me. I, I don't know if I'm a bigger fan of the Avengers or my boys are, but I love them. But Thor is one of my favorite actors. I know I'm like totally crazy, but like this is him, everyday hero, no cape, no like magic hammer. And there he is holding his kids. And I'm like, dude, like this is an everyday dad being an everyday hero. And this guy, don't put it on yet, is probably the most likable, amazing, I would wish I could be like him, dad, uh, from the show, and I'll show you who it is now. The next one, Jack from This Is Us. Give it up. <laughs> who doesn't love This Is Us, by the way? But I, I watch every time we watch, don't we, babe, and we cry when we're watching This Is Us, and every time I walk away and I'm like, dang it, why did he have to show me up again, you know? Part of me is like, just screw up some more, buddy, and even when he screws up, he does it well, you know? But I'm like, but he shows up. And he showed up and I watched this and there's magic and showing up. And some of you, how many of you are young dads right now? Just like you're changing diapers and you're like, you're going through stuff nonstop. But we got no, young dads, right? Who do you got, right? Oh, they, oh, Donnie, you totally could use these, man. So you like, I keep one of these in your car at all times right here, uh, right? One of these two, I used to use a package of these a day. Maria would be all over me about this. But she's like, how do you use 85 wipes for one changing? I'm like, I don't know. I just do, you know? And, uh, and I, I didn't have them, but I want to give you my advice, puffs. Maria would always send me with like little, you know, jarred stuff with tiny spoons that got exploded and got everywhere. And I wouldn't do that. I would just do puffs. I'd do puffs. She'd go, hey, what did the kids have when you were in nursing school? I'm like, they had puffs for breakfast. She's like, well, what did they have for a snack? I'm like, puffs. <laughs> so, and, and then the, the conversation, the tone got worse. And lunch, I'm like, puffs. <laughs> See, if you give them puffs for dinner, I'm like, dang it, I already did. I'm like... And I was eating puffs. We were going through them like crazy. And they're like five, six bucks for a can of them. Oh, man. But showing up. And I tell you what, I was on the phone. Uh, we were in a text thread. We were going to have one of the dads. We were inviting him to come up and do the one-liners, you know. And there's a young dad named Justin Proctor. He's incredible. He's part of our campus and our community. And he's a single dad. And he's awesome. He's just a young man. And he's an RN. He's a nurse. And he's over at McLaren Hospital. He goes, man, I can't make it uh, today to be part of this. And I go, that's okay. Don't worry about it. And he said, well, no, let me tell you why. He said, I'm working, I'm working third shift, and I get two third shifts in a row, and I, I, I get off at like eight in the morning, and I'm going to go home and try to sleep two hours, and then, and then the reason is I want to go pick up my little girl and spend time with her. I'm just going to sleep a couple hours. And I was like, he didn't know, and I was like tearing up again, which happens often today for some reason. And I'm like texting, you're incredible, you're an awesome dad, you're doing what you're supposed, I'm like, you're preaching this message, you're living out this battle to fight, you're showing up. Show up. 
Show up and say, how can I serve you? How can I help you succeed? You want to change everything? How can I serve you? How can I help you succeed? We'll say, that's what a wimp would do. That's what a leader would do. That's what a warrior would do. You want to show up to the battlefield? Don't say it's all about me. Say, how can I serve and how can I help you succeed? But here's the great part. I think an elder just really kind of like book wild but hard. He says, there's something that motivates us. There's something that moves us to fight. See, I think when David went on the field, something moved him deeply to do that. It, it could have been maybe a girl that he was in love with, right? Uh, back in his country land. Maybe it was something different. Maybe it was just his elderly father he thought of. Maybe it was just like his community who he loved and he cared for. I, I don't know. I'm kind of ad-libbing here a little bit, but something was brewing when he said, is there a cause? There's something that came in his heart. I don't know about you, but fellas that are married in here, and maybe you're dating according now, do you remember when you're first dating, uh, just a couple dates, you kind of hold hands, you do the cup thing, but do you remember when it went from like this to like interlocking the fingers? Oh yeah. All right, that was like a big step, right? And I remember we're at MGR Theaters. You guys like MGR Theaters, the new seats? I'm a snob. I literally will go nowhere else outside of those leather reclining seats now. And Marie and I were there at MGR Theaters and we were walking out of a movie and we were in that interlocked moment, man. I'm like, oh yeah. And I'm just like, and I don't even know, she felt that way, but I was like, oh yeah. Like the whole time, you know? And we're walking out and we see these two guys, they're walking toward us and sure enough, they like move. Remember that babe? They moved across the aisle and they kind of came toward us a little bit. And I remember stepping in front of her a little bit and I was like, hey, can I help you fellas? Like that. And, and I could tell us and they're kind of nervous and they're like, yeah, we, we were just seeing if you knew if that movie was good or something. They were like teenage boys. <laughs> I think I scared the crap out of them. But I was like trying to protect, I was willing in that moment to use Kung Fu or whatever I needed to do to fight for this beauty. <laughs> And, I, and I, I looked over and I could tell Maria, like, she's like, oh, you kind of did that for me. And I'm like, you bet I did, baby. You know, I like, there was, there was this moment where I realized, I'm like, I love her, but there's something inside of us. Like Eldridge says, there's something inside of us, not just a battle to fight, but a beauty to live for. There's something that inspires our soul and our hearts and it moves us. And it's, it, it, it's interesting here. Like Paul says it this way, he says, for husbands, and I just want to say this, expand the compass, for anybody at all that's thinking of, like maybe you're currently married or you're thinking about getting married or one day you're going to get whatever, you know, he says, for somebody that's going to love somebody else, he says, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church and he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. See, this is his powerful part. See, Jesus says it this way, he says, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for those he loves. Like who, when, when you walk home and you see your wife, have, have, have you looked at her that way in a while? The scripture actually encourages us to remember the wife of our youth. It's, and it's not just saying because of beauty of the way they look and you're beautiful, but it's, it's saying beyond that, what captured your heart? What holds your heart? What's motivating your heart when you see your kids? When you think of your community? It's really trying to get to the heart of this moment when David said there's a cause. What's the cause? What is causing you to want to step into the battle this moment? Eldridge says this. It says, when it comes to like the guys, there's these two different ways you can view this. It's consumers and lovers. He says, the great divide lies between men as lovers and men as consumers. Does he seek her out, long for her, because really he yearns for her to meet some need in his life, a need for validation? Does he want or simply sexual gratification? That man, he says, is a consumer. He says the lover, on the other hand, wants to fight for her. He wants to protect her. He wants to make her life better. He wants to fill her heart in every way that he can. 
There's something about that he wants to battle for. He sees her. You know, it's interesting. Can you imagine, like, in the middle of the night, that if you heard rustling downstairs, fellas, would you ever look over to your wife and be like, hey, I hear something downstairs. I'm not sure what's going on. Do you mind mind checking it out? (laughs) That may not go for a while at all, right? There's something when we look to our wives and our kids that we love them where we're like, oh my gosh, I'll battle for you. I'll do this. There's something incredible I want to I wanna share from Scripture. It's here. And David had a moment where you say, I, I, I want to live for that, Jeremiah. I want to do that. But what I want to live for is lost. See, David entered a part of his life from that young man that stepped on the battlefield to living for his wife and his family. And things backfired. He made mistakes. And maybe you're in here right now and you feel like, I've made mistakes. I can't do that. Uh, they don't want me to live for it. And David says this, he cries out to God. We feel stuck in this moment. It, it, honestly, if you feel stuck, if you're like, I, you're like, what you're saying resonates, I want to jump in this battle, I want to live for my, I want to do this, but I feel like I'm inadequate or I can't do it or, or, or you don't understand where we're at in our marriage or our relationship and God couldn't forgive me. And David cries out, he says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly He says, make me hear joy and gladness once again. Create in me a new heart, God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your gentle spirit. He says, then, and I won't go on, but he says, then, he goes after that. He says, if you can do that, God, then I'll be able to love my wife once again. Then I can love my kids. Then I can push for this thing to live for, this beauty to live for, but I need forgiveness first. I need help first. And God, I'm telling you, For some of you that feel that way, God is so faithful and loving to forgive you and to restore you and to give you a renewed spirit to see your wife and your family and your community very differently. We experienced this up at Man Up, and um, and I don't know, do we do we have a slide? Do we have one of the graphics that we can show? If not, no big deal. But at Man Up, do you know some of our global partners? We have ten of them, and one of them is in Nepal. And in Nepal, our main emphasis and initiative there is to stop sex trafficking. Uh, it's caught between China and 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 India, and these you know almost two and a half billion people in this little beautiful mountainous country of Nepal. These little girls are taken, literally ripped from their homes, and pushed into sex trafficking from the ages of seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve on up. And so we asked these men at Man Up, we said, look, we have 50 girls that need to be sponsored. It's like $40 a month. Would you be willing to do this? Would you be willing to sponsor them? And, and I mean, it was like people were fighting for the opportunity to do this. And, and they sponsored, and it was like $2,000 a month, $24,000 a year. But these guys stood up and did this, and it reminded me in that moment, I'm like, oh my gosh, they see the beauty to live for. They see these little girls that are far removed from them, literally thousands of miles away, and they said, these are daughters of the Most High King. And it was a glimpse and an opportunity to see a warrior step into a battlefield to show up and say, how can I serve? How can I help them succeed? And they saw that beauty. They saw that potential. Do you see it? And I, I, I know for us, for Marie and I, we're, we're really stepping into an interesting venture ourselves. You know, and uh, it's just, it, it, it's, it's interesting. We're saying, like, looking at our family and saying, what is it about our family that we want to live for, want to love? I, I know in our house right now, like, for example, like, one way that I can show up and how can I serve, how can I succeed with my boys is, is not being sarcastic. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I'll just be honest. Like, sarcasm, is sarcasm ever a part of, like, who you are a little bit? And uh, for me, it's like changing that to a gentle thing. And I've noticed, like, because my boys will watch me. And, uh, and I'm trying to exchange that out and saying, I have a beauty to live for. I want them to see their mother, 
the way I saw her when I first met her. I want them to see their mom the way that God sees her. Do you see this? The final point that he goes on to say is this. He talks about an adventure to go on. And I love this part. Listen to this advertisement, this advertisement from 1913. It talks about the desire in a guy and a dad to want to go on an adventure. It says this, Ernest Shackleton, he was an Antarctic explorer. It says, posted this advertisement, 1913. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. 5,000 men <laughs> applied for 26 slots. It just goes to show you like in the heart of a guy. Elder says this, he says, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do it because the world what the world needs is people who have come alive. Jesus says it this way. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. Like this part of the thing, Elder said there's something amazing about wanting to go on to an adventure, to wanting to do something great. Listen to this in Romans. This is from a version called The Message. It says this, says this resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a childlike statement, what's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are, father and children, and we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. It, it, it's, it's crazy to stop and think that like, part of the thing that we can give the greatest gift is not just a battle to fight, beauty to live for. It's an adventure to go on. It's something to take your family, to take your wife, to take your kids, to, like, to do something amazing. I've, if you guys ever read this book called Love Does, it's by Bob Goff. If you haven't, I'm telling you, go on Amazon and get it. It's incredible. And he's got in chapter 20, it's called this. It's called The 10-Year-Old Adventure. And they had an agreement growing up that when their kids turned 10, they would take them to an adventure anywhere they wanted to go. And like anywhere in the world for like a two, three day adventure. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And he says this as he opens up. He says this about it right here. He says, there's a special relationship between a dad and a daughter. Something God designed on purpose. I think it's not lost on me that all of the names God could have asked us to call him, he was most often called them father. I think that's because he has the same kind of relationship in mind for us that I had in mind for my kids. I think a father's job, when it's done best, is to get down on both knees, lean over to his children's lives, and whisper, where do you want to go? Every day God invites each one of us on the same kind of adventure. He says, God asks us in us, he's made us to love. What is it, he says this, that captures our attention? What feeds that deep, indescribable need in our souls to experience the richness of the world he made. And then, leaning over, he whispers, let's go do that together. He says, let's go do that together. When we were at, Maria, I don't even know if I told you this, when we were at Kensington a couple days ago, uh, Noah was there, my middle one, and we, we had to go to the bathroom, right? Because kids always got to go to the bathroom when you're trying to leave somewhere in a hurry. It's easy to like, you can put your shoes on or where'd your shoes go or I got to go to the bathroom last second, you know? And I'm like, okay, it's over here. And we get in there and we get in the bathroom and he looks over at that stall and he goes, look at that stall. I'm like, yeah, stay away from that stall. It's nasty, you know? And he goes, no, 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 that stall. 
is the one that we changed in when we were going to Florida. We went to Florida like four months ago. He said, that stall is the stall that, 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 we, that I changed in. And Caleb changed there and you changed there. And he was remembering this adventure we went on. His most exciting part of Florida wasn't even going to Florida. It was actually going to the bathroom, changing from school, you know? I'm like, what? And he loved it. And I, I'm thinking to myself, I want to do more of this. Like, we're, 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 gonna, we're, we're ready to plan a summer. I'm going to do summer trips and try to plan fun getaways and stuff. And like, uh, babe, I don't even know what I told you, but we're going to borrow Tim and Jill's pop-up camper. And I don't have a trailer hitch, so I need to figure that out. Uh, my Jeep Liberty, I don't even have a receiver, so I need that and then a trailer hitch. And then we can put the camper on, and then we can go do something great. And I don't even know where we're going to go, but I just want to say like, man, sometimes there's a battle to fight, and it's in your home, a beauty you live for, your family. Man, there's an adventure to go on that God's inviting you to. And the impact, dad, fellas, that we get to make is unbelievable. Is there a cause? You better believe it. I want to show you the story of a guy named David Bullard. When we do that, I want to encourage you ushers to go ahead and come forward at this time uh, to take the offering. And I want to tell you, if you're new here, you're visiting, uh, this has been your first time, we actually have a gift for you at our starting point section out front. You can go to that. Uh, and for those of you that have been generous, thank you for making this possible. I mean it. Thank you for letting us do what we do here with our kids, with our students, and all around. And so this young man, David Bullard, and by the way, you're, you're really, you're connected. He was an intern at Kensington. You're actually, your giving is connected to part of his story. But he's going to share about the fact that he didn't have, he never knew his biological father. But he knew his stepdad. And his stepdad stepped into the battle he saw David and he said, you are worth living for. And he took him on an adventure. And I want to show you from that moment, from the time David was a little boy until you hear this video, his life was changed inextricably forever because a dad stepped up to the battle. Growing up, I never really knew my dad, my biological father. And so... That was something that was really tough growing up because everybody that I knew in my neighborhood, they had a, a mom and a dad. And it was kind of awkward because it's like, well, I just have my mom. That really established a great bond between me and my mom because it was just us. Like it was me and her against the world and that was just like what we were doing. And then when I was five, she met, um, she met a guy. He had an opportunity to literally just focus on my mom and concentrate on my mom and making her happy, but he saw me there and he intentionally took the time out to make sure that I was cared for and making sure that I was okay. And he made it known from the beginning that that was something that he wanted to do and that he wanted to participate in just being in my life. And he never really wanted to exclude me. And I hear a lot of people give me stories about how they really felt excluded by, like, you know, their new dad coming in and he always sacrificed comfort and finances and everything just to make sure that I felt included. And so I think that was the, probably the biggest thing throughout my life. Him making sure that I was included and making sure that I was valued and that I was respected as like an active participant in the family, he, that's how he earned the title of dad. I would say that I've seen my dad fight for me and my family just by consistently encouraging me and always making sure that he knew that I knew that I was great and that I was, I was eligible for greatness. 
he would always tell me, you can do anything and don't allow anyone to tell you that you can't. And that's something that really shaped me because confidence is something that is a struggle for all of us, myself included, but whenever I can get a hold of my dad, he's just like, listen, don't let anyone tell you that you can't do this. You know who you are. This is like, you know, you're, you're my kid. Like, this is who you are. You're going to be great because I said you're going to be great. That's who God made you to be, and that's who you are. He always told me to make sure that I always treat people not just the way that I wanted to be treated, but to treat people the way that God treats me. He modeled Christ in the way that he treated others. It really has shown me what a real man is and what a real man does when when the chips are down. And not even just a real man or a real father, but just a real leader. Being a leader is really a response. And being a leader is all about how you respond. And so that's allowed me to pretty much be there for any and everyone that I can be there for, whether that's as um, a ministry leader or as just a friend to someone. I always think to myself, you know, this is something that my dad would fight for. This is something that my dad would, would want to help someone with. And so because of that, I always, um, I always want to make sure that I'm always there for someone, especially when they need it. If you ever had a chance to meet David, and I have several times, he's one of the most kindness, confident young men you'll ever meet in your life. It's incredible. He really is. And I think it is in no short part of a father that said, I love you, and I'm going to step up to the battle every day. I'm going to engage. There's a beauty inside you, son. There's your daughters, to you, my wife, that I'm worth giving my life to, but I will not just willing to give my life for you, but I will live for you. And an adventure to go on. I mean, can you stop and just dream for a second and think honestly with clarity in your heart? God is wanting to just like bring new life, sir. Bring new life, dad. Even if today was a dividing line in your timeline of your family that you said this day today God has renewed in me a spirit that I see my family differently. He is calling out the warrior inside of me to show up and say, how can I serve? How can I help you succeed? He causes you with spiritual eyes to see the beauty that is your family, the beauty that is your community, the beauty that is the untaken ground that the adventure God is calling you onto. I mean, come on. This is a moment and an opportunity in your life and your family's legacy that you change. It was for David's. His dad said, I know I'm not your real dad, but I will step up and I will be a father. And it changed him forever. And now the same spirit that which is in his dad is in David. See, this thing is repetitive. You start it now and it's got a ripple effect through time. You begin to see it in your kids and then your grandkids. And if you're lucky enough, your great-grandchildren. Do you see? This is an amazing thing when David says, is there a cause can I challenge you? Look to your left. Look to your look around you. Yes, there's a cause. And it's calling out of you to the very depths of your soul, the very greatness that God wired in you, sir, that he put you in there. 
Do you want to change our marriages, change our families, change our community? You have to have a reckless love that says, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm here for the battle. I'm here for the beauty to live for. And we're going to go on an adventure. I know we are. Jordan is going to lead us into the song we've sang it before called Reckless Love. But I feel like that's how love has to be. It kind of has to be reckless. It can't be confined and limited. It has to be reckless and unabandoned. It's got to go for it. It's got to go all in. And when it does, it begins to permeate every part of our lives and our families and our community and every place that it touches, it turns broken.